Spoilers ahead. Spoilers ahead. Welcome to Max Mike Movies. In this, our third series, we are searching for a movie that truly captures the essence of the role-playing game Dungeons & Dragons. Mike and I are lifelong gamers. That's actually how we met. I started playing D&D in high school, and Mike joined the game a couple of years in. D&D and fantasy culture in general has become much more mainstream, far more than it was when we were kids. However, we recently raised the question, has any movie really captured the spirit of D&D? We'll be viewing and discussing various fantasy movies to see if they succeed in truly giving a sense of what it is to be an adventurer, and why, or why not. And today, we're discussing the 1982 Arnold Schwarzenegger breakout picture, Conan the Barbarian. I am Max Levine of the Eastern Seaboard, bane of all turkeys. And I am a six-foot carrot. <laughs> ah! Arr, named Mike. <laughs> <laughs> Don't eat me. <laughs> yeah, I'm afraid I must. All barbarians feast upon carrots. Well, may you choke on my beta carotene and my vitamin A. <laughs> down, down forever. No, you no. you dog. <laughs> no, like a, like a dog, sir? Yes, like a dog. <laughs> The show. Uh, so, this was uh, directed by John Milius, mm. who also has a part in the movie. Oh, he was he was the classic breakout character, food seller in Old City. Ah, <laughs> I'm sure we. If you've ever seen the movie, you just can't miss him. I mean, no, you you. Uh, um, I, I think yeah, the he's the food... one who sells them the lizards on the sticks. I'm not uh, sure. Put uh, you uh, know lizard in a box right out of business. Yep. Uh, he was also the director of The Wind and the Lion, interesting movie, and Red Dawn. Ah. Yes, Patrick Swayze versus the Russians. <laughs> For a nice Patrick bet. Swayze Christmas. <laughs> yes, bet on the Russians. <laughs> Oddly enough, the, one of the writers of this movie, I mean, one of them... Yeah. I mean, mm -hmm. technically is Robert E. Howard, <laughs> sort eh, of. Eh, I like the other writer better, the, the one that doesn't yeah. get so much credit. Yeah, people don't talk about this much. Oliver Stone was one of the screenwriters, although his idea of the screenplay was um, a bit different. Mad Max. Uh, yeah, it was supposed to be a post-apocalyptic world, and Conan was, yeah, like you say, Mad Max, except I assume with horses or camels instead of uh, nitro-burning funny cars. Well, he is humongous. He is indeed the Lord <laughs> Humongous. Uh, well, he doesn't have a little boyfriend chained to his horse. <laughs> The movie did okay. I mean, the budget was $20 million and the worldwide gross was $39 million. That's not really a success, but it's not a failure. Uh, this was, believe it or not, Arnold Schwarzenegger's 10th movie. <laughs> yeah, he did nine more mo movies before this. I'm sure we all remember Hercules in New York. Uh, that was it. No. No, that was his first, and I believe at that point his English was so bad the whole movie is dubbed. Ah. Mm. Uh, and of course we all remember him in The Villain, where he played Handsome Stranger. Wait, this came out before... I'm sorry, The Villain came it, out before... The, oh, I guess it would have Yes, it did. It Believe it or not, that weird parody western... I mean, when I say Handsome Stranger, it's not like an extra like farmer with pitchfork. That's the character's name. Well, he's the Her hero. Yeah, his name is Handsome Stranger. In his powder blue cowboy suit. <laughs> yes, yes, that is the level of humor 
sort of mixed in with Roadrunner. Yeah, for those of you who have not seen this, this is a live-action movie where Arnold Schwarzenegger is the hero, defeats Kirk Douglas as the villain, whose mm. name I think is the villain, um, using all of Acme's favorite tropes. I kid you not. They paint yeah. the, the train tunnel on the wall of the of the cliff. I mean, everything. And it's just... He does everything except try to drop an anvil on him. And it's laughs galore. Oh, uh, yeah. Uh, well... Uh, laughs per it's a laugh and no you don't laugh no you really don't <laughs> but i also have some interesting tidbits about this movie oh i love tidbits yes are they bacon-y? first of all <laughs> two of the leads arnold and uh sandal bergman who mm. plays valeria were both later in another fantasy film red sonia yeah yeah and that's really all you have to say about that movie is yeah yeah, <laughs> yeah that, don't don't bother um that is arnold's real hair Ooh, bow down before his real hair apparently he knew about this movie he started growing it three years before to grow it that long hmm. oh uh, how long how long did james earl jones have to grow his uh, long enough to get to the pro- costume department and say, give me a wig. A mighty wig. A mighty, I must have a wig as mighty as Arnold's hair. And it shall be long yeah. and flowy and well coiffed and lovely and shiny. He was a last, uh, James Earl Jones was a last minute addition to the cast because of his commitments on Broadway. And apparently he and Schwarzenegger became really good friends. And, yeah. And uh, they like, yeah. And so did and another actor where you're going, Wait, what is Max von Sydow doing in this movie? And then you remember, oh yeah, Ming the Merciless. Yeah. <laughs> Which actually, there was, I think I th- saw in the, in the trivia that I read that mm. there was a preview for Conan shown during Flash Gordon. Mm. And also, wow. this is another one of those cases where it's like, how did this actor do this film? At least what I saw was, oh, my grandson is a really big Conan fan, so I guess I'll do it. Mm. Which is how some people ended up in Star Wars films and Marvel films and stuff. <laughs> Yeah, both uh, Arnold and Sandal Bergman did their own stunts. They couldn't find anybody as a suitable body double. Although know, there's for... actually one guy in the film I looked, it's like, oh, that's Arnold's stunt double. Because mm. he looks just like him. He's only in one shot, and he's in the back grinning. <laughs> and, you know, <laughs> but it's like... Uh, oh, I, that's I, right, I, then he gets hit in the nuts, right? Yeah, and it's <laughs> like, oh, I thought that was his stunt double, but apparently, yeah, you're right. Yeah. Um, It's an odd thing because... For for those of us who are who are care about the narrative and the original Conan series by Robert E. Howard, worst um, adaptation ever. Ever, this is not a terribly faithful adaptation. That's kind of a munge. Thulsa Doom, the character, the, the villain played by uh, James Earl Jones, is not a traditional Conan villain. Not in the books, and not even in the Marvel comics, which, by the way, was one of the only adaptations most of the people in this movie had ever seen. Uh, you know, Robert E. Howard wrote in the 30s and 40s. Uh, he was sort of rediscovered by the comic book industry in the 60s. And uh, the, the character Cull the Conqueror, another Robert E. Howard, he's the one who has uh, uh, the enemy Thulsa Doom. And he also, his story arc is a bit more uh, than what we see in the movie. Conan is never really out for revenge in his stories. He's just, he was a mercenary. He just left home because he wanted to. And said, you know, I want to go and punch things in the face and take their money. <laughs> That's a direct quote. <laughs> I, think it's, I think it's fair to say, though, that this Conan also did want to leave home. 
Yeah, well, yeah, because his home was burned down and everyone was dead. And it's on fire! <laughs> yep, and dogs <laughs> ate his father. Well, oh, yeah. By the way, those dogs uh, in, in the movie, they were apparently not very well trained. No. They were, like, genuinely dangerous. John Milius, the director, actually said that uh, when you see when you had the dogs chasing Arnold and he's running, he's actually running for his life because he knew the, knew the dogs were very dangerous and they even attacked their trainer. But it looks great on film. Print, yes. save it. <laughs> exactly. Yep. Uh, they're not going to actually kill me, are they? Probably not. Keep what? flailing. <laughs> <laughs> that's my John Milius impersonation. I absolutely yeah. have no idea what he sounds like, but that's good enough. <laughs> well. Oh, by the way, there's a brief scene with a high priestess in the movie when Conan is trying his what? brilliant infiltration of the uh, of Falsa Doom's cult, who Which? asks him, "What do you see in the water?" Oh yeah, that that's John Milius's wife. Oh dear. Yes. That and is soon her. after they were divorced, never to speak again. <laughs> Actually, I have no idea. Yeah. Uh, also, Conan's. The, the quote that everyone uses... Conan O'Brien used to use this all the time when his show started. Wait, Conan O'Brien? Con yeah, could I there know. be a connection? <laughs> no. <laughs> Actually. <laughs> anyway, but, go ahead. Uh, there's the famous quote, you know, Conan, what is best in life? And say it with me. To, to crush, crush your enemies, your enemies see, see them, them driven, driven before, before you, you, and, and hear, hear the lamentation of their women. women. Yeah, that is actually... Very similar to uh, a quote from Genghis Khan, who said, The greatest pleasure is to vanquish your enemies and chase them before you, to rob them of their wealth and see those dear to them bathed in tears, to ride their horses and clasp to their bosom, to your bosom, their wives and daughters. Boy, that Genghis was a wordy bastard. Yeah, he was. He was a long-winded son of a bitch. Conan had it much better. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Subotai, by the way... Uh, one of the first additional member of the party. You mean Jerry Lopez? <laughs> yes! Or, yes, Jerry that... Lopez, who is supposed to be a... Well, they never say, but he's supposed to be a Mongol of yeah. some sort. Uh, Subotai, by the way, is the name of a general in the Great Khan's army. Right. Uh, but, yeah, he was... His main thing, he was a champion surfer. Yeah. that That's what he did. Well, that's okay, because they dubbed him. <laughs> Arnold also had never heard of the character Conan the Barbarian. So they gave him a lot of comic books to read. <laughs> yeah. I'm sorry, just the way you said that, I can just picture the director going, okay, now if you just sit here, here's some comics, you read them, and oh, we'll come boy, back and... Oh, comic books. <laughs> Which I isn't know that's, fair. That's mean, but it's not yeah. fair. But Arnold... Um, so. There's also the, the very big, iconic scene where Conan's father is making this sword. Yeah. Yeah, he's casting it. He makes Ooh. a mold and pours it in. You don't make a sword that way unless you want it to break the first time it hits anything. Well, to be fair, the first time we see it really being used, which is near the end of the film, it does, it does in it, fact, break. But That is true. I don't think it would have lasted that long. Yeah. So. Oh, yeah, the... Uh... <laughs> They had uh, some questions about casting for Conan's father. Mm -hmm. Yeah, they three of the men in the running were Jack Palance. Oh, that'd have been awesome! Wouldn't have been great. <laughs> yeah. What is the riddle of steel? The riddle uh, of a steel. Okay, <laughs> Nick Nolte. Oh dear. <laughs> yeah. Oh, Conan, buddy. Uh, <laughs> I don't even remember how to make swords, and I'm just so drunk. Oh, God. And my favorite, and this would have been awesome, Joe Don Baker. <laughs> 
Yes, Mitchell could have been Conan's daddy. Oh, that sword looks like butter if you squirt real hard. <laughs> With this big buttery snow. Oh, I'm so hungry. <laughs> oh, yeah. Uh, Sandal Bergman, the, the, the female thief. What is her character's name? Well, that depends, because yeah. in the movie, they never actually say it. But if nope. you see, I actually recently rewatched Conan the Destroyer, and he says, Ah, Valeria, all the time. So, apparently, it's Valeria. Huh. Yeah, it is. But we don't know that, except in the <laughs> credits. Apparently, there was a scene where she's given a little backstory and, you know, says her name, but it got cut. Yeah. So, she's just the, the lady. <laughs> Well, there are a lot of ladies, but she's the one who speaks more than yes. once. Yes, and she gets a few action scenes. She, by the way, was not an actress either. She was a dancer, and she had done like some dance movies, but that was about it. Wasn't she in uh, All That Jazz? Yes, she was in a bunch of stuff. Uh, but yeah, she was a dancer in All That Jazz. I gotta see that someday. Oh well. Also, the mythology in this movie is um shall we say all over the place <laughs> yeah pretty much i mean there's norse crap he actually refers to valhalla a lot of the iconography is norse but, uh, but for example when he dot when conan is being healed and these ghosts appear first off that's not in any of the conan stories that's from a japanese horror movie called kwaidan yeah it's a collection of ghost stories. Wait, quite on Jin? No, not quite on Jin. <laughs> quite on, take me away. You dope. It was oh, them. Oh yes, before this movie, Arnold Schwarzenegger had never ridden or seen a camel. And you know what? Good for him. Yeah. <laughs> I think yes, he had he... the right reaction. He punched it out. Yeah, yeah. Cam camels kind of are asking for it. Yeah. Now there is a ton more of this stuff. For, like uh, the Hyborian Age, which is where Conan is supposed to take place, that was Robert E. Howard made up. Uh, it was supposed to be around 10,000 BC, but it's, even the books are just full of medieval themes and influences. Yeah. Because Howard didn't want to do any research. Yeah. Hmm. I wonder yeah. if he knows Stephanie Meyer. Hmm. <laughs> <laughs> um, uh -huh. Also, speaking of the mythology, one of the big things you sort of uh, you missed was uh, Krom was sort of vaguely based on Krom Kruik, which I'm sure I'm mispronouncing, which is Celtic. Oh, okay. Nope, didn't know that one. Yeah, there's actually hmm. a lot of sort of Celtic in here. This is their Norse, and then they throw in things having to do with Genghis Khan. Mm -hmm. uh, it was shot in Spain, which could be anywhere, so, huh. you know. Yeah mythology all over the place so like i say there's tons of other stuff about this the fact for example the sword master there is one sequence where conan's being trained by a very clearly asian uh swords swords master that is the actual uh sword fight choreographer for the movie yeah the uh director liked him so much he wanted he put him in the movie apparently this guy is supposed to be amazing this guy liked him so much he bought the company Yep, but uh, I think that that's pretty much enough trivia. I think there, there's there's tons of other stuff. Oh, but. there's one actual other piece of trivia that uh, that you didn't do. Mm -hmm. The plot. There was a plot. No, oh, yeah. come on. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No. <laughs> there is. There is a plot. Basically, Conan is a young Cimmerian or Simeon or something. <laughs> in his village, his village is and his father is the local sword guy. I can't really call him a blacksmith because I don't ever see a forge or an anvil or anything, but he makes swords and well, he knows 
The Riddle of Steel, or Ooh. also called the Enigma of Steel. Riddle me this, Cape Crusader. <laughs> <laughs> Not Edward Enigma of Steel. Oh, oh okay. <laughs> but uh, the Riddle of Steel, so uh, this guy, Thulsa Doom, shows up out of nowhere for no apparent reason and kills everybody and burns the village because it's there. Yeah. I mean, the narrator, yeah, there's also a narrator who is played, who is Mako. Ah. One of the most fun things in this whole movie. He has flaming red eyebrows. <laughs> Same guy. <laughs> Mako, you, if you've ever, have you ever seen a movie, he's the Asian guy. Yeah. Pretty he's, much. He's one of them, but he is, he is delightful. He is. He is just always having, he always looks like he's having a blast. Yeah. But, uh. Then even the narrator says nobody knows where they came from or why they did this. All I could think of while he's doing that is Spinal Tap. Oh, that's in no, my notes. <laughs> nobody knows who they were or what they were doing. Oh, see, in my notes, it's actually, and lo, Spinal Tap shall come and burn their village to the ground. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. <laughs> anyway. And he kills his parents and throws him into slavery, and he is chained to a wheel. Which, by the way, what is that wheel doing? Uh, it's, it's a huge multi-spoked wheel with slaves chained to it that they just push it in a circle over and over again. Is it a, a, a drill? Is it a is it milling grain? Is it trying to dig a well? We don't know. There's nothing. Is he? It's just I you you have to turn this wheel or I don't know. Crom will give us all cooties. It's screwing down the pot. <laughs> I guess. <laughs> and so we so basically we see him go from child to. Well, full-grown Arnold Schwarzenegger. And apparently pushing this wheel gives him unbelievable all-over muscle tone. Yes. Yeah. For those of you looking no. for a workout program, really just get a, behind <laughs> a big wheel and push it for, oh, about 15 years. Yeah, yeah, apparently. Or more. <laughs> it doesn't matter that, of course, his muscles and the shoulders and back would be hyperdeveloped and nothing else would be. And well, his legs would be. His legs would be stronger. No, he wouldn't have combat muscles. He would basically be a plow horse. <laughs> you know, some however, plow horses get pretty big. <laughs> however, then he's uh, taken and put in the fighting pits, and, of course, because he's Conan, who has had no combat training and, again, has ridiculously over-specialized musculature becomes the great fighter and he gets all sorts of training and he which and apparently they think it's important for him to learn to read i know <laughs> poetry and philosophy and they show yeah. i know we're, we're breaking up the plot part but yeah. uh there that one of my notes was the most unbelievable part of this movie is conan sitting there reading poetry and philosophy yeah. <laughs> although to be fair apparently the character was well known for picking up languages in the books yeah, no. In the books, he's uh, Conan is a natural linguist. Speaking, he doesn't well, read. He's not a big reader. Mm, yeah. Mm. So he is eventually freed for some reason. His master just goes, "Okay, you're free. Goodbye." We don't know why. Oh, you he mean Gwildor? <laughs> yes, Gwildor <laughs> the Red. The cosmic key. Well, he's too tall to be Gwildor. Yeah, but the face was totally the same thing. All I, like, all, I saw him and all I thought was, oh my god, an ancient Weasley. <laughs> and Gwildor should suck you free. <laughs> be gone, Conan. And he goes off to seek revenge on whoever it was who wiped out his family. You know, James Earl Jones and company. Spinal Tap. Yes, James Earl Jones and his two enormous bodyguards. By the way, neither of whom are actors either, which is good because only one of them gets any lines and most of them are, get him. Yeah, but you know, what the a, one, the one who looked most like Spinal Tap, had the most 
Nordic name I think oh, yeah. I've ever yep. heard. Sven Oli Thorson. Ybetja <laughs> Ufta Ufta. And the other Sven was Oli. Ben Davidson. Well, he was no, a nice football try, player ben. or something. <laughs> but uh, so. so he goes. So he goes off and has to have adventures, and uh, he collects companions. Yeah. And uh, eventually th- destroys Thulsa Doom. Huh. That's pretty much the plot. Yeah, that's that's fair. That's fair. The lowdown. I want to say that uh, before we decide whether or not this is a depiction of any kind of D&D, or at least even imparts any of that flavor, I think it's fair to say that this film is once again focusing on one character. Um, that being said, mm-hmm. it's not the hero's journey. Not really. No. It's not no. the same old... Chose, there's no chosen one at all. Nope. In fact, that was a big point I, I read in the trivia about Howard, that he was not into that whole destiny crap. It's just the whole thing was that it's Conan, and he's choosing his own path, and he's making his way through things. That's the thing, and even his quest for revenge, that's not all he does, and it doesn't consume him. No. It's like, I'll do other stuff. Hey, I'll have sex with a witch. Why not? And in fact, for a good chunk of the movie, he's just said the hell with it. It's like every yeah. once in a while he'll come across a snake thing and go, oh, you know, I should look into that. It's like, ah, yes, Lamentation of the Women. Give me another <laughs> cup of that, would you? Um, you know, and he meets his friend Subatai, who I actually liked. He doesn't get much to do, but it's like, the guy's capable. He's not annoying like the thief character in Conan the Destroyer. Oh, dear. Um, they seem to be buds, you know. Yeah. It's, 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 he's cool. I like Subatai. I don't know what he's... happens to him because they don't bring him back, but... Nope, I... he just disappears. I guess Jerry wanted to go surf and not do movies. <laughs> I'm sorry, I only laugh at the name Jerry Lopez because it's just like that's not a very mythic name <laughs> no no it's also not a very Mongolian name no I and he's I guess he's supposed to be because there, there's well, obviously a lot of Asians although well, when they did search the entire world Enlo could find but one black man <laughs> yeah. yes that's the other thing Thulsa Doom is apparently the only black man in all of Arborea yeah. Pandora Hyper, whatever Blyer, the hell flab. Cleveland yeah. Um, I'm speaking of, of James Earl. I'm going to have to go on out here because this is one of my notes. And it's like, if it was not for the performances of James Earl, James Earl Jones, Mako, and Max von Sydow, this movie could have been a lot goofier. See yeah. Conan the Destroyer. Because um, they brought their acting chops... And they none of them really like goes off and choose the scenery like uh, except Mike Mako. But Mako, that's he. But that's I don't what even he say, does. That's what he does. And I don't even see him chewing the scenery. Scenery. He's just this crazy old you know wizard guy, and he's fine. Yeah. He's not like you know Emperor Palpatine or anything. But their performances really do kind of anchor the film. Admittedly, there's not a lot of dialogue in this movie. No, I'm willing to say that. Besides the narration, if you cut out the narration, there might be a total of about five pages of dialogue for if the whole that, film. Yeah, you know the the big speech at the end that well, big the pra- Conan's prayer to Crom in the last twenty minutes of the movie. Yeah, that is his last spoken dialogue for almost twenty minutes. There's that's it. That's the last time Arnold speaks in the movie. Well, you know what his first line in the film is. <laughs> Yeah, literally. <laughs> you know, it, it says something about a movie where the main character's first actual uttered sounds are. <laughs> it does give it's it sets your expectations at a reasonable level. Uh, you know, <laughs> all right. So, but, I, yeah, it's, but it's absolutely true. Max von Sydow, who is in one scene and has about seven lines. Yep. He just walks away with the scene and yes, very well. sensibly. 
No one else speaks. No. They just stand back and say, I'm going to let Max talk. Go yeah. ahead. And, you and, know, the, the woman, uh, Sandal Bergman, or what, what is her mm, name, Sandal? Sandal Berg Bergman, Berg, yep. Yeah, she's fine. You know, they don't yeah. ask much of her. She she's very has a very physical presence. She does not give me the impression of, oh, she's the warrior badass lady that at some point, oh, no, I'm helpless. They don't pull that crap, which I'm glad. No, she's tough all the way up through the end. Yeah, she, until she, never she gets needs a to be snake rescued. shot through her, which well, quite honestly, I, yeah, that's a good reason for somebody to die. Cause that's yeah, nasty. she's she's killed by Thulsa Doom himself. That's yeah. pretty badass. Yeah. And in fact, when they first come across her, she's like, "Huh, thieves didn't even bring a rope, huh? Fine, you get to go first. <laughs> that the other that's a nice point. Uh, also, they they look when they run up, you know, they meet they meet up when Subotai and Conan meet her. Uh, no one says anything about oh a woman. No, it's always like oh another thief. Yeah. Mm, does this mean less loot or more loot? <laughs> it's like, how come you're going in there? We're going in there because uh, snakes equals evil. Uh, <laughs> I'm going in there because jewels equals good. Yeah. They're like, so, oh, yeah, good point. Yeah, let's get some jewels. Yeah. It's like, uh, you know, and Arnold, this is probably the most Arnold movie. I'm going to argue <laughs> that Arnold doesn't huh. get more Arnold than this because... He continues to work on his accent. He gets more lines, and he tries to be other characters. In this film, he's just kind of Arnold. Yeah, I'm here. I you can see he's like, I know I'm here because I'm big and impressive looking. That's yeah. it. Yeah, and that's all I have to do. And that is why I think he has almost no dialogue with any of the real actors. <laughs> he says nothing with Max Monsato. He says one or two things to Mako. And even to James Earl Jones, I think his only line at one point is, you killed my mother, you killed my father. Yeah. Yeah. You're tearing me apart, Lisa. <laughs> yes, uh, take him away and put him in a room. Put him in the room. <laughs> and James Earl Jones, considering how dumb a lot of his dialogue is, he just nails it home. He just His, his facial expressions would get him through this film. Seriously, he just... He's the only one who does who has any. Yeah, he's the got great sort of, presence. Yes, he's so good. The only unfortunate thing is they keep doing the close-ups of his eyes. Yeah. And they had put blue contacts in to make him look more unusual. And you can see how bloodshot his eyes are. I hate those these things. things. Must, those things must have been so uncomfortable. Yeah. Uh, you know, that's true of any contact lenses after yeah. a while. They just looked, and, of course, I'm, I'm guessing it was very dry because sand. Yeah. Um, sand is always a, you know, ooh, sandstorms. <laughs> Thankfully, it's, we did not have a sandstorm. It's also, he creates a whole, Thulsa Doom he creates out of nothing. I mean, Thulsa Doom in the comic books and in the the Robert E. Howard books, first of all, he is, never mind he's not a Conan enemy, he is called, for a reason, ivory-skulled Thulsa Doom. Because, <laughs> yeah, <you> man. <laughs> he bears a striking resemblance. People have actually, there's a whole conspiracy theory about this. He bears a striking resemblance to Skeletor. You know, he, has, if, he is a buff human with a skull. When I watch this movie, head. when I watch this movie, I put my tinfoil hat on, and sure enough, Skeletor appeared where it was Thulsa <laughs> Doom. So it's true. There has been a long-running theory, although apparently there's no evidence for this, that the Conan toy line came out, yeah, and it did so badly they said, "All right, we're going to stick a blonde head on the Conan doll and call him He-Man." Well, they've actually—I saw this in the trivia—they proved that it was in fact false because He-Man came out first, <laughs> before the movie. That's what—that's what I thought. I thought He-Man came out in like 1980. Yeah. No, yeah. He-Man. There was a there was a, a show recently done on um, mm. 
Netflix called the toys we collect or something like that, and they oh, did the an episode. Oh, the toys that made us. Yeah. yeah, the toys that made us, and they did an episode on He Man, and mm-hmm. it's there's it's documented how they put yeah. that together. It didn't have anything to do with Conan. Um, uh, one of the things I want to I sort of talked about was you know this is this is focusing on one character, but it occurred to me that one of the things, and this this was one of the main inspirations that Gygax cited for D and D. This. Mm-hmm. Fafford and Grey Mouse, and there was one, a third thing, I think, he, he of course, said, no, no, not Lord of the Rings. But oh, Con- please. I know. But Conan was one of the main things, and I think one of the most interesting things about that is that it's a very low magic world. When we mm-hmm. get any, it's very ritualistic. It's not something you can just cast and, you know, fireball. Yeah. Um, or Lightning bolt, lightning bolt, lightning bolt. <laughs> uh, so I, I shoot the darkness. Um, <laughs> it's, <laughs> it's nothing like that. Um, but what D D kind of does is it takes things like this. It takes Conan. It well, it, it wouldn't have taken Aragon, but uh, uh, no, it might have taken Star Wars. Um, mm. And it takes those characters, the main characters, and it puts them together in a group like the Super Friends. <laughs> Wendy, Marvin, and Wonder Dog. <laughs> Um, on Apache Chief, Domo uh, <laughs> <laughs> Nihayaku. <laughs> um, but it does. It actually says, "Hey, these are all cool. Everybody has their favorite. But what happens if they come together and become a supergroup? Mm-hmm. Um, and they like damn Yankees. And they <laughs> do that. And that's what I thought was actually kind of cool is that they're able to take these characters and do that, but they don't lessen the characters to do so." They say, hey, come on, play your favorite, and together we're going to rock the pillars of heaven. <laughs> right? Th- th- thank you, thank you, Porkchop Express. <laughs> <laughs> Jack Burton. <laughs> Who? Me. <laughs> um, I, I just want to go back to Thulsa Doom and the way James Earl Jones plays him. It's so not a Robert E. Howard character, but it's so interesting. He's not like a <laughs> evil. No. He he's a, he's Jim Jones. He's a cult leader. Yep. I mean, okay. I I have to say this. I always found kind of jarring in Conan is the children of Thulsa Doom. They're hippies. Yes. Or at worst, moonies. They're carrying flowers and wearing robes and talking about infinity and enchantment and finding their souls. It's like. Wait, 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 wait! Where, how did did you guys just fall out of hate, Ashbury? What what the hell is happening here? Where's all? Why aren't any of you carrying swords? And you know, you figure at first it's like this is harmless, except they end up in the soup. Well, yes, the whole cannibalism part is a little disturbing. Yeah, I mean, it's obvious and, that this is a pyramid scheme. It's like you know, all for one and more for Thulsa. So, <laughs> some of the images are just so odd. Like there is a sequence toward the end where there ha- there's an orgy in Thulsa's palace. Well, and it's like I guess it's an orgy. Well, it's sort of a bunch of people lying around going, ah. Yeah, they don't don't actually uh, seem to be doing much, but it's just such odd cinematography. It's like, oh look, naked bodies, naked bodies, leopard, naked bodies, (laughs) naked. Whoa, whoa, whoa! At your Lincoln Mercury dealer. What? Why? (laughs) There's this leopard for no. It's like, well, we seem to have a leopard here. That's debauched. And oh. he's not happy. Yeah, oh that yeah, that was not a happy kitty over there chained to the wall and looking around going, I'm gonna bite no. somebody. Yeah. Very uh, odd. But and, I oh, actually I thought that the cult thing actually worked really well because 
The civilization, such as it was, was very few and far between, which was well depicted. And I can mm. easily see people going, what the hell else is there except my crappy village and another crappy village about, oh, <laughs> six days away? Oh, here's something that's going to give you the answers. And it's like, you know, that actually makes sense instead of just, just being a warrior king, although it kind of starts off that way. Yeah. Um, it's like, I, you know, I've done this chopping about. I went looking for the real steel and decided, ah, the heck with that. It's much more fun to be in my tower and have writhing humans around me. That um, whole thing, by the way, where he talks about how the the riddle of steel, the truth is that flesh is stronger. Mm -hmm. That talking about other cultures, that's a there's a real parallel there to a, a story about Musashi Miyamoto. You know, guy wrote the Book of Five Rings, the the, the sword master in Japan, uh, uh, medieval Japan. There is a story called the where he talks about the body of a rock, where one of his colleagues says what is the body of a rock and Musashi turns to one of his disciples and says you go cut your belly open he says all right let me just get ready and he goes and gets his sword and Musashi stops him and, says, and he turns to his friend and says that is the body of a rock and then the man so, looked at him and says wait yours are his <laughs> <laughs> and then Musashi cut him in half with his sword because he was being a jerk hey <laughs> no it's that it's the same thing it's the idea that yes this is the the real strength is obedience and power over people well in that case it's really you know known uh, you know disrespect to Thalsa Doom but it's really not flesh that's will yeah, Falsa Doom has—he obviously is supposed to have some sort of hypnotic power too. Which, yeah, you know, may you know, Hark, maybe that he gets his power from the the power of the snake, which makes sense since he turns into one. Yeah, um, yep. and he talks about he worships, and that's that is out of the Conan mythology, by the way. Conan always ends up dealing with uh, the snake cult, uh, the worshippers of, for some reason, the Egyptian god Set. It's like the Foot Clan in Daredevil. Oh no, yeah, wait, the Hand yes. Clan. That's the Foot hand? Clan. It's three inch meat and you just turtles. So, which is a parody of yeah. the, foot, the Hand. Yeah, yeah, the Hand. That's right, the mm -hmm. Hand. Um, but also that whole sequence where Conan is infiltrating the cult, watching him try to go undercover. It's like, hello, yeah, I am a hippie. I am really here to understand the flower children. See, I have got flowers. It does not matter that I am ten times larger than any of you. I am so here, yeah. I am I am lost and I am shy about my body. And then <laughs> I must oh, pick the only gay man so I can get his robes. I will get his robe. And now now I'm a priest, you all. See? Everyone must believe I'm a and I love that. And it only happens in the background when he's like trying to get up to Doom and he hands shows one of the guards his amulet and the guard says, okay, takes the amulet and goes right over to one of the guard captains, goes, see that guy? Yeah. That guy is not a priest. Well, also when they're when they're up and when Doom comes out and they're looking down, there's only one priest whose head's up yeah. and that's Conan. It's like, ah, I see. <laughs> it's like, huh, do that priest look like he ate three of the other priests? <laughs> Yeah, um, I'm actually going to go and uh, give a few uh, kudos here. Uh, mm -hmm. They shot the opening of the film in actual snow. Mm. There is not a time in Hollywood history where they have shot on fake snow or even man-made snow where I went, aha, snow, and believed yeah. it. It, it, always always looks looks like, yeah, it always looks like, yeah, terrible. <laughs> yep. And they're here and they shot in snow good for you uh milius i give you points just for shooting in snow because mm -hmm. it looked it you could tell and it looked great um and actually here the the budget in general 20 million bucks at that time especially for a de Laurentiis film never mind a a technically a sword and sandal film was not a small amount of money um because star wars a few years earlier was budgeted at about between seven and eight. Oh, wow yeah so I think they spent their money very well. Um, they, there's a lot of things they did not try to do. So we did not get too many 
creature effects. We pretty much got the snake, which I actually thought looked pretty good. Yeah, giant snake worked pretty well. In a number of the scenes, it's an actual snake that they just cut in. Yeah, but like the giant one where he chops it in half and stuff. Yeah. I thought, especially the close-up of the eye, I thought was actually really good. Mm -hmm. um, the Felsa Doom transformation, especially for the time, was actually pretty cool. They don't show yeah. a lot of it. Good for them. Yep. Um, the locations were awesome. These giant mm. vistas. I think it's all shot in Spain. Um, Visually, the film is really well done. The cinematography is good. I also yeah. like the fact that it looks dirty. You know, yes. not everyone is perfectly clean. Okay, everybody seems to have hair care products. Yeah, well, although but, later later fantasy and, and barbarian films of, shall we say, lesser budgets also look dirty because they were. Yeah, well. <laughs> um, but it's it's it doesn't look cheap. No. Um, the sets, especially the big temple of Thulsa Doom, I read that was in the trivia too, and it's like, how was this made? Oh, by carving this and this, and lots and lots of concrete, which <laughs> makes me wonder, oh God, is that still there? It might be. You know, uh. Somewhere out some sandy hill in the desert somewhere, it's like, oh, what are those stairs? Oh, we don't remember. Um, but, um, you know, and I'm sure that I, I saw Arnold got 5% of the profits, which to be mm. fair, the profit, the way that Hollywood decides those, probably wasn't that much. Yeah. Um, but, you know, sure, some of the acting isn't great, but it's it, it doesn't look cheap. It doesn't look like they skimped. The weaponry looks good, e even if they show them casting it. Okay. Yeah, well. um, they, there's a lot of different locations, or at least if there weren't, it, they shot them to make them look like a bunch of different locations. So there, there was a lot of good stuff in here, at least visually, you know. And yeah. um, I would say that even though the film for today is kind of slow-paced... I found myself still drawn in and watching this. I wasn't making as much fun of it as I thought I would. Most of the fun I was making was at Arnold's expense. Well, sure, but he's an easy target. He is, and he's yeah. fine, and he's enjoyable. Most of the, the characters, characters he plays yeah. are enjoyable in one way or another, and I liked Conan, and I, you know, unfortunately, I don't know what happened between this and Conan the Destroyer, but they basically flushed everything down the toilet. Um, yeah, Conan the Destroyer is much more comic booky. It's just silly. It is silly, and the people they got to be in it, you just sit there and go, wait, wait, I'm sorry, Will Chamberlain? Um, Grace Jones? Um, okay. Oh, good, Mako's back. Well, at least Yeah, at least they thing. had Mako again. But. Yeah, but it's just like... Um, but even him, they make even goofier. Yeah. He really becomes just comic relief. But there's also some really iconic scenes in here that just... Yeah, I don't. They were made for like twenty bucks, but it's like the scene where they write all those runes on Conan. Yeah, you remember that? That's really oh, visually, visually very striking. Yeah, and even the the animation for the demons and things that are coming after him. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's not great, but it's pretty cool. You know, the imagery itself. It's like these sort of bare-chested, bald male demon things that are made out of smoke. They, the animation, the way it works with the action is pretty good. Mm. Um, the animation itself, you know, things have gotten yeah. better. But it's a neat image and the stuff works. Although I was confused by that scene because up until this time, and admittedly I may not have been paying attention since I saw it in the theater in 1982, um, I was like, oh, they're bringing Conan back from the dead. And it's like, I don't think he's actually dead. No, I, think I don't think he's to... supposed to be. He's just really, he's dying. He's right. really badly hurt, but he's not actually dead. Because he, you can see he's breathing. Well, the thing is, I wasn't sure if Arnold knew what was going on. It's like, do I breathe or do I not breathe? I, I, <laughs> I'll, I'll breathe a little bit. Um, but it's like those those runes is like, and of course, I always I remember it as being all over his body, but we only actually see his hands and his face, which is right. you know just as well because who would want to write all over that big 
<laughs> swollen body. No, nothing, nothing. nothing. <laughs> why, why did you say body, body. like that? I don't know about his body. <laughs> body. Well, be, um, yeah, considering how big he is, it would take weeks. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but yes, no, I, I agree. I, I think it looks really good. There's a lot to like about this movie. There are some goofy things. I still yeah. think the whole Hare Krishna, Hare Krishna, Hail Doom thing is kind of silly. Uh, I would, I, yeah, there are things like a little bit more of like maybe him doing something like maybe he, there was a, a a drug that was also out there that yeah was why were they all following I would have liked to see a little more of that but it, yeah. it was interesting yeah. and little things like really uh, by the way you know when you threw that brazier at the window you missed at the end <laughs> oh. where he's trying to burn the temple he's throwing it at the window apparently Arnold actually missed the throw but they couldn't do a retake because they already triggered the pyrotechnics that set that caused the set to burn down. Yeah, my note on that was, <coughs> and so by the power of his mighty pecs was the pot of fire thrown and the concrete of doom did burst into flame. <laughs> yep. yep. Sorry about the peaks there. That, that's quite uh, all right. <laughs> also, but, how many uh, times yeah. during this were you watching this, especially in the fight scenes, did it just run into your head where you just wanted to blurt out Hassan Chop <laughs> very very often <laughs> bonk bonk on the head <laughs> bonk bonk uh, he's a grup and a bad grup um, I also just love his his quote which actually kind of sums up Conan at the end when he's he's beseeching to Crom Crom I do not pray to you very often and he's like and grant me revenge and if you do not listen the hell with you <laughs> it's like that's perfect yep that was actually a that's a very nice, very Conan thing to say. Again, just one last thing. When I saw the cult members, all I could ever think was stepping into Hyboria, yay, <laughs> hey, brother. <laughs> but I, yeah. I am harping on a fairly on what is actually a minor point. Yeah. So I would like to talk about how this is as a gaming movie. Well, one last thing, quick. Yep. One of the things, right. we, we, and I should have brought this up when we were talking about the um, the, the mythology and how it was gathered from whatever uh, Howard happened to read at that time, was the uh, crucifixion tree thing. Reminds me a lot of that scene in um, American Gods, which, spoiler, mm. uh, where Shadow goes through the same thing. And apparently it, it was something that Odin had done to learn... What is yeah, it, he, Nine Secrets of the World or something like that? He na he basically nailed himself to Yggdrasil to learn the secrets of language and magic. Yeah, and it's funny, you know, because, of course, you could sit there and go, ah, crucifixion, we're going to talk about Christianity. And it never occurred to me. Like, because it's the tree and stuff, it just I, I always went right to Norse mythology, which is apparently what they had in mind, too. Well, so. also, there is nothing about Jesus biting a vulture to death. <laughs> a robotic vulture. Oh, no. By the way, the one that he has in his mouth... The one that he actually grabs is a robot. Then when they cut to him chewing on it, that's a dead vulture. Ah. They had to he had to spit it out and like wash his mouth out with like rubbing alcohol to get to keep from getting every disease known to humanity. Oh, uh yeah, speaking of alcohol and trivia, did you get to the part where it's oh, like the oh they're, they're shooting in the snow and it's so cold and the regular blood won't flow, it freezes, so they used <laughs> vodka instead. And apparently all of the stuntmen <laughs> kept instead of like letting the blood spurt out their mouths, they'd swallow it and go back for more. <laughs> yep. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Okay, all right. I'm sorry. A little, little, yes. um, little field trip there. But we can now, I think, yes. discuss about does this film in any way portray D&D Max? The Roundup. I think this is one of the most D&D &D movies I've ever seen. And why do you think that? Okay, I'll give you one real simple thing that is so different from most of the others. Do you know what everyone in this movie does? They loot! 
<laughs> they don't just kill monsters. They don't just rescue people. They steal stuff. Yeah. When Conan, the very first thing he does, what does he do when he's free? He falls into a tomb. He loots the tomb. He gets a sword out of it. Crom. By the way, I really like the image. You know, he's being chased by, well, they say they're wolves later, but they're wild oh. dogs. And uh, he gets up, he gets the sword. And the next time you see him, he's wearing a cloak made of dog pelts. <laughs> so he clearly chopped them up and skinned them, which I thought it was a nice touch. He goes to the witch. It's like, oh, I'm terrified by all this. I have sex with her. And she turns into fire and something. And then when he leaves, you notice he's carrying a lot more than he had when he went in. <laughs> it's like, you looted her house. Good for you. Well, she burst into flame. <laughs> well, she's not going to need any of this anymore. Yeah, and I'm a thief, you know. Um, and the whole thing with when he meets Subotai, all I can think is that old, you seem trustworthy. Join our party. Hey, want to be friends for life? <laughs> yes. Oh, look, Valeria, want to be friends for life? Well, to be fair, I think that there's other reasons he wanted to be friends for life with Valeria. Well, sure. And Subutai, he's lonely, probably, and he like, well, sort of liked it. I like the fact, by the way, that he the first thing that he and Subutai do is talk about religion, and they're comparing their gods. Yeah. Ah, oh, Kram is better than your god. He is full of wind. <laughs> <laughs> he laughs, sits on his mountain and laughs at your god. My and god's then, above your god. And my god is the everlasting sky. Wait a minute, you said your god was the four winds. You're, ch you're changing your god on me. I hit you with my turkey leg. <laughs> what and else? Again, what, what are they? They are, all these gaming tropes appear. <laughs> what do they do? They go towning. Let's go shop. <laughs> Let's talk to NPCs to get information. I actually love the part where they get to that town. It's like, wow, this town stinks. Let's yes, leave. let's go. <laughs> let's find a better town. Hey, look, a better town. Yeah. Ooh, look, powdered black lotus. I don't know what that is, but okay. Well, apparently it gets him high and he punches out a camel. So. Yep, yep. And they're like, oh, look, jewels. Let's take the jewels. Yeah. <laughs> Why are we doing this? We're doing this for the money. Yay. Yeah. Oh, and all I could think is when Conan stabs the big snake, I'm going, called shot head. <laughs> You can't do that in D&D. &D. It doesn't yeah. happen. And then, what do they do with all the money they get? They blow it on ale and whores. <laughs> that is pure D&D &D right there. Yeah. And they actually and look, show them doing it. My favorite scene there is where he's he's just sitting there, stirring a pot of oatmeal, <laughs> says nothing, nothing happens except there's some narration, and he just goes headfirst into it. <laughs> yup. He's, t he's totally drunk. Yep. And the narration is perfectly apt because it's basically like, yeah, having a lot of money is great, but eventually you get drunk a lot and nothing happens. So yeah. you, you have to go and find something else to do. Um, and even the technique of, hmm, I'm going to infiltrate this cult. Oh, I need a disguise. Hey, you, come here. What? <laughs> Bonk! Now I have a disguise. <laughs> that ad has been around for so long. <laughs> yeah, I don't think we ever did that, did we? Did <laughs> I'm that? sure you have at uh, some no, point. No, no, I think ours were far more plotted out and, and, and <laughs> intricate and didn't work. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, what else do you felt about felt D&D &D about this? If anything. Well, oh boy, I mean, just the whole setting. This, I mean, I can see why Gygax says he was inspired by this. Even the whole, the makeup of the party. It's like, okay, here's the tank. He's the big warrior. Here's the quick thief. Here's the archer for ranged attacks and to guard your back. And that is, in fact, what they do when they're leaving. The, when they're leaving, uh, Subotai hangs back with his bow, making sure they're not being followed. And look, here's a wizard who's also kind of a cleric because he heals him. Acrobat? Barbarian? Yeah. <laughs> Dungeon Master. Uh, uni. <laughs> I mean, 
So, yes, I think this is an extremely... De- By the way, just a little thing, comparing it to E-Ragon. <laughs> That's not fair to Conan. <laughs> I know. But, no, this is a minor thing, because E-Ragon makes such oh, a yes, big Aragon deal... Oh, yes, Aragon is a minor thing. Yeah, it is. Yeah, makes ahead. such a big deal out of the cinematography and the, the tracking shots. The traveling uh, shots in Conan work so much better. You yeah. still get the sense of distance. You still get the sense there's an effort being made. But they go on for like a quarter of the time that they do in E-Ragon. Yeah. Well, that's because there's flying. But still, they just... Fo- it's like, okay, look, now we're riding horses, riding horses, riding horses. Now we're riding a dragon, riding... Dragon. And this is just like, run, run, run. Okay, we're somewhere else. Ride, ride, ride. Now we're somewhere else. It's like it doesn't get boring. I also like the fact that, and I, I, I just thought of this, I'm surprised it didn't uh, pop in my head because it's something that I absolutely hate in movies. This film is almost entirely lacking in expository dialogue. Mm. There's a little bit in the narration, but it's really more to just say, and then they drank a lot and lo, they were bored. And so <laughs> did, you know, and there's nothing like the snake cult, which is basically based on this thing and so-and-so's mm. father and blah, 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 blah. It's like, ah, the heck with that. We're just going to cut all that out. And it's about bashing things. Mm. I mean, we get a little of it when uh, King Max von Sydow I'm sorry, Osric, said, you know, <laughs> says, yes, they've shown up. They're turning the children against their parents. Oh, there's nothing. All you have left is your love of the child. And I like they cut back to Conan, who's going like, uh, hammer, you, hammer, lo- hammer. you lost me about five minutes ago, dude. What? What are you? Why am I here? Did you say lamentation? <laughs> <laughs> well, I love the part after Conan and the company leave, and he just turns to his advisor and says, Clytus, I'm bored. <laughs> he does not say that. <laughs> I'm pretty sure he does. No. <laughs> So um, what, what about you? Do you think this is a gaming movie? A D&D well, movie? here's the thing. So, mm-hmm. up until you gave this movie your case for being D&D, I was leaning towards, well, you know, it's really about Conan, so it's not that D&D. And the more you talked about it, it's like, you know, he really is right. You know, there all these tropes are here. Now, to be fair, it's not as much of a group film as it could be, right. but it's a lot more group film than Aragon. Yeah, um, the car- Subotai and Valeria and... The Wizard. By the way, that is his name. He is just the, the Wizard. Yeah. The Wizard Mako, let's face it. <laughs> they're all ca- real characters. And even when Conan is incapacitated, they're still doing things. And I like that bit when, uh, after Valeria is dead and Mako looks over at Subutai and Subutai's crying. Yeah. He says, why, why are you crying? And he says, he is Conan. The, he is a Sumerian. He cannot cry, so I cry for him. Yeah. I thought, that's really, that's nice. That's a nice touch. Yeah, I wish, the, I wish they had let him do a little bit more because I yeah. liked the whole buddy aspect of the film. And it was nice because Valeria didn't disrupt that chemistry. Mm-hmm. I mean, admittedly, there wasn't a huge amount. But it wasn't like, oh, you, you have a girlfriend. Well, uh, okay, I'll leave. It's like, yeah, ah, we're all thieves together. You guys may sleep together, but eh, that's mm-hmm. fine. I've yeah. got money. <laughs> it's very much, it was, it's like to me an adventuring party. It's like, oh, okay, those two are having sex. I'm going to have sex with everything else here. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, so, you know, I I was thinking it wasn't, and it does focus mostly on Conan, Mm -hmm. uh, which is fine, but yeah, it does kind of cover a lot of the bases, and they are murder hobos. They don't have anywhere to live. They don't have their village. Well, you know, Conan had one, but the whole point of him getting out there was that, you know, it's gone now. And I want to say, too, right here and now, that this is the way to motivate a hero, it is brutal, but it makes sense. And I'm looking at you, Star Wars prequels. Because um, <laughs> you totally believe that the one thing that might keep him going and the one or two things he might remember through his crappy life as a, as a kid and a teenager is, A, 
the two snakes to lead him back to the guys who killed his you killed my father um, prepare, prepare to die and the 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 riddle of steel and crumb the stuff yeah. his dad talked to him because his dad was obviously they were very close mm-hmm. um and it's like that made sense it was very simple there wasn't any extra crap there were no trade negotiations <laughs> or, or pod, pod races, races. <laughs> yep. no pod races and i think that's the thing i like most about this film is that the story is so simple it's mm-hmm. not so simple that you're bored, but it's like, yeah, yeah. It's like it, it, there's almost like a geometrical theorem. It's like given fantasy tropes, Conan, you know, mm-hmm. and it's fine. It's like we get it. We know what this stuff is. We don't need you to explain anything. We don't need to know where this is. We don't need to know the relation of any of these places. It's fine. Oh, and lo, the temple was far away, and so it took a while for Conan to find out where it was. Okay, that's fine. Yeah. It makes total we, sense. We also we don't have to have the, like Conan's daddy issues. Don't get brought up. No. You know, Thulsa Doom's motivation, we don't care. It's just straightforward. It's very straightforward and fairly simplistic, but it's also elegant in its simplicity. Yeah, and you actually even get the idea, although she's barely on screen, that Mm -hmm. if Conan's mother had not been hypnotized, she probably would have beat the crap out of a bunch of those guys, too. She was Oh, yeah, she was a badass. You could tell that you knew the, the women in the Sumerian village were also warriors. Yeah. So, you know, the only downside was there just weren't that many of them. Mm. Um, and, of course, we don't know what they... I guess they just ate meat, because that was not really a place you raised crops. But Not whatever. a lot. Um, so, you, you know, I, basically you convinced me. It's like, you know, I didn't mm. think it was, but, and you know, because it was so focused on Conan. But, yeah, it, it really does have a lot of D&D stuff in it. I think everybody in the film, or everybody watching the film, I should say, is probably going, well, my character's Conan. No, my character's Conan. Because yeah. the other characters don't have it. They're not as developed as the other ones. But, mm-hmm. yeah, it's pretty much an adventuring party, but, and they pretty much do adventurer things. Yeah. Especially so. stealing, because that's what adventurers do. <laughs> You're just angry because we don't steal. That's you what it is. St- you steal all the time. No, we don't. Sure you do. Every time, the few times we actually loot somebody, you like oh thank god they're finally looting a body or a monster or something Mm -hmm. we're just too we just have been at it so long it's like we're just too nice well i've also been giving you a lot of your characters a lot of money lately you haven't really needed it well that's beside the point trust me nobody listening to this wants to hear about gaming because this is yeah there's very little more boring than listening to other people's gaming stories although you love to tell them oh yes Uh, and you know one of the things i'm going to bring this up here because i can my theory is that Gaming, role-playing gaming in particular, actually just no, just role-playing gaming, is the only art form that cannot be appreciated unless you interact with it, unless you're yeah. a part of it. Are there anything else you can look at or be an audience to or otherwise be on the fringes? But if you're not part of role-playing games, it forget it. You'll, it's you'll... really dull. There it is, is. It is so boring to watch. We've tried this. I've seen people. I've seen people film games. Hell, I've had our games filmed. And it's so dull to watch yeah. or or listen to. I've heard of yeah. you know, Matt, you recorded it once. It really is. And I'm wondering if that's why it's so hard to make a D&D movie. I don't know. I think that you can take, you know, I don't think they set out at all to do this because D&D no, was out no. by this point. But it's just was, it was oh, like they, that, yeah. that, that thing those five people played at college. Yeah. Um, but, and obviously it was the other way around, the tropes of, of these fantasy stories and stuff fed into D&D although to be fair I think a lot of the players I mean I hadn't read I still haven't read Conan um I have not I actually just started rereading or reading Fafford and the Grey Mouser which is actually a lot more fun than I thought I'm amazed that hasn't been made into something because that's ripe the nice thing about Fafford and the Grey Mouser is they're all short stories Mm. so they'd be great as episodes um but 
I think that a lot of the what ended up being tropes were not necessarily coming from the books, but just that's what people ended up doing as their characters. But yeah, watching it, either one of two things happens. It's just not linear enough to be entertaining in that way mm. or you sit there on the edge of your seat going I want to say something and you Man. can't because you're not you don't have a character and you're not part of the actual game so I know there's people who do podcasts of gaming and stuff and I've tried to listen to them and it's like and being a lifelong gamer it's just like I can't I, I want to do things I yeah. want to say something it's like after 10 minutes it's like nope I turn it off not because the people are bad at what they do it's just I'm not part of it and unless you're part of it it doesn't work so yeah. Which, you're right, may be one of the reasons that movies don't portray it as well. But I think that, like this, when you have a, a more of a group aspect, um, and you really just say, yeah, you know, the heck with the trappings. We, It's what do the characters do with this stuff? That's what's important. So we see Conan change costume when we see him spilling gems and, mm -hmm. you know, getting time with whores and stuff like that. And that's, to me, more interesting than him flying on a dragon. Yeah. <laughs> Yep, we see him doing the adventurer thing. Uh, and, and I'm going to say, too, Conan the Barbarian, the original 1982 film, except, again, for modern audiences that might find it a little slow, I think it bit. holds up really well. I think so. I think it does. And I, I don't even... It's a, it's slower than a lot of more more modern movies. Yeah. But I think the pacing for what it was was very good. Yeah, especially uh, by the way, apparently make... toned down the violence. It's like, really? It yeah. Like, yeah. A lot. <laughs> yeah, apparently they really had to. They were going to get like a... Well, back then it was like rated X or something. Yeah. But yeah. yeah. And uh, by the way, please try to avoid the 2000... I think it's 11 remake of Conan starring Jason Momoa. Yeah, I did. It's it did was you see it's it? not that it's yeah, I did. And all I can say is I remember almost none of it. Uh, you can also avoid Conan the Destroyer. Uh there's a couple of eh. decent things in it, but if I have to hear that woman say Bombata, Bombata <laughs> one more time, I think I will puke. <laughs> yeah, that was one where they really did have the helpless female trope which they Ugh. They tried to avoid. I mean, there was the princess they were rescuing, but of course, this was I don't want to be rescued. Leave me alone. And they were trying to make it into a love interest, and it was just like the chemistry between her and Conan was like. Uh, well, I first off, it was it was creepy because Conan had to be like two or three times her age. Never mind size. Well, yeah, five <laughs> times her size. They were also supposed to try. They were thinking of making like a, a romantic, a love interest between him and Grace Jones. Now that I actually would have believed. Yeah, except apparently they could. They didn't have the nerve. They were too cowardly to have oh. a rom an interracial romance. Which you know, you know, three yeah. cheers and a tiger for me. That just occurred to me. It's like, well, why not? Oh, right, because yeah. people would be upset. She's yep. black. <sighs> Dumb. Because um, Grace yeah. Jones, uh, she. Had, I only know her from two movies, and. I don't know why she's in both of those movies, but she's awesome in both of them. One was a James Bond movie, which oh, really yes, was one of, the, one of the worst James Bond movies ever. Ah, uh, yes. Stacey, look, look out. out. A blimp. A blimp. Oh, dear. <laughs> um, and she doesn't get nearly enough to do in that film. And this, and in here, apparently she, I remember in, in Conan the Destroyer, she actually injured a stuntman with that stick of hers. I believe but it. She's awesome. She, she kicks all kinds of butt. She's she great. She was one of, apart from Schwarzenegger, she was one of the only other characters where you go, yes, that is a fantasy warrior right there. Yep. I, I, I don't absolutely have to get, believe that. I don't have to get close to her, do I? Cause yeah, scary. Please, please, please don't hurt me. I just wish there had been one scene where she just looked, looks into the crowd. If she was interested in yeah. having a man, that's I want to say there, if that's what she wanted. Yeah. If she wanted, I wanted a scene where she just looks into a crowd, picks her and goes, you, come here. <laughs> well, I, there's <laughs> yes, a sequence where the, the princess is asking her, you know, 
what do you do if you like a man? Yeah. And her response, grab him and yeah. take him. I wanted to <laughs> okay. see that. That would have been awesome. So, <laughs> yep. um, yeah, and also because of the whole, uh, the Valeria character here, um, we don't need Red Sonia. I get no. it. But the Red no. Sonia movie was so pet badly handled. Um, yes. Valeria, I po totally believe in this. She seems totally, and there's never that instance where she's tied up or helpless. Thank nope. God. Because, ugh. I mean, when they're making their escape, their final one, she, like, kills four guys. She takes yep. on four men in a fight, and she beats the living crap out of them. They never oh. have a chance. Also, let's be fair, she's the brains. <laughs> yeah, that is true, actually. She brought the rope. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> so we're going to go off and say, hey, you know what? Go yep. ahead and watch Conan. Conan still stands up. It's a yep. fun movie. It's not cheap. Nope. Um, it looks good. And it does have a lot of D&D-ness to it. I think so. So yep. next week... We're going to be discussing that, I don't know what year it came out, but that fun fantasy epic that's often overlooked, and I think unjustifiably so, Willow by ah. George Lucas, mm -hmm. starring Val Kilmer and, oh dear God. Warwick Davis. Thank you, Warwick Davis, mm -hmm. who I like very much in this film, and Billy Barty. Yes. <laughs> Forget Billy the bird, follow the river. Yeah, Billy Barty in probably his least annoying role. Although not his only starring role, because of course nope. he was starring in He-Man. Actually, he oh. got the first credit. <laughs> oh, God, that's right. Well, he was like, I think he was the biggest, well, no, Frank Langella, but he got a, I think, and and starring Frank Langella Which, or a with or something. Yeah, poor Frank. Oh, well. Poor Frank. Uh, so, yeah, next week we'll be discussing the movie Willow, and uh, we'll talk about its merits. And also, is this a D&D &D film? Is it a film that depicts what mm. it's like to be in a D&D &D game? Yeah. Um, if you folks like to follow us on your favorite app, such as the iTunes podcast app, obviously that's available on iTunes. Uh, Android has one as well. Yep. You can also find us online, thanks to Max, on, mm -hmm. on that Twitter thing where you can find us at plortmaxmikemovies.com. Because <laughs> remember, plort is the way you pronounce at symbol. Yep. You can find us on the Facebook, the Facebook, remember, because it's the, the Facebook. <laughs> yep. uh, we have a page there called Max Mike Movies. Uh, feel free to leave comments there if you like. Uh, you can twit at us. Is that the verb? Uh, I think it's twort. Twort. All oh, right, because it sounds like plort. Yep. Yep. Um, and, You're of course, there. we have our, we have, uh, what were you saying? Uh, we also just have our website, MaxMikeMovies.com. Thanks, thanks to Max. You can leave mm -hmm. comments there as well. All of the episodes are available there to either download or listen to streaming right from the site. And there's also room for comments if you like. If yes. you do make comments, they could be become part of our show in the future. Mm-hmm. Which is just where you and I are going to spend the rest of our lives. Whoa. <laughs> Thank fact, you, Criswell. <laughs> looking into the future, I can see I can see an end to the future. Yeah. Or at least to this episode. Max Mike Movies is a co-production of The Voice of Max and The Movie Wrench. <laughs>